This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we'll show you how to go from employee truck driver to savvy business owner. And we'll do it together because we're starting our own trucking company, Holland Assets. So you'll get a front row seat through the whole process. Together with some experts in the field, we'll teach you how to set up a business, buy a truck, get your DOT and MC numbers, get insurance, and a lot more. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back, everybody, to episode three of Holland Assets. I am glad you're with us. I am Craig, and over there, he is... Chris. Chris, welcome back. Good to be back. Yeah, I'm glad. This is a a good episode because we're going to be playing a conversation you had with somebody who you've worked with for quite a while. Uh, His name is Tyler, and uh, I've listened in to a lot of the conversation already, and I know it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to listening to the whole thing. Uh, with you so let's before we dive into that let's remind people of a few housekeeping items Uh, make sure you go to hollandassetsllc.com to get some show notes if you want any more detail on the things that we're going to be talking about today there's going to be acronyms and technical terms flying all over the place and so if you if it's ever hard to follow those show notes are going to be super valuable hope you check us out there Uh, anyway anything else i need to remind people about that's probably it. All right. Yeah. Go go there. HollandAssetsLLC.com for those show notes. Anyway, today we are talking about some pretty vital stuff. What are we talking about today, Chris? We are going to be talking about getting a DOT number and your motor carrier authority. Whatever those are. <laughs> if you're new to the industry, it's Greek, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's why I say I listened to a lot of this conversation between you and Tyler and, and uh, you know, had to really focus myself because I'd start zoning out when, you know, you guys would get into this industry speak and it would go right over my head. (laughs) And I imagine most of the people that listen to this uh, podcast will know a lot of what that is, but there's going to be some that definitely don't. And so are you saying they're smarter than me in trucking? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Okay. So, well, let's, let's uh, talk a little bit more about this and we'll get to those industry terms in a second, but you were mentioning to me earlier that this is a critical step and this is going to be an extremely important episode for people to uh, pay close attention to yeah this this is really one of the critical steps so in episode two we talked about uh setting up your business and that has to happen before you can apply for your motor carrier authority because you're applying for it in as the business um so that that's definitely a critical step too but this is one it's not really the point of no return but you need to kind of treat it like that because you can still apply for the authority. You haven't spent a ton of money at this point, but you're going to spend enough of it that you don't want to do it unless you're pretty sure things are going to go forward. So right. a couple of the episodes that that come in after this, the uh, truck insurance episode, and then also purchasing a truck, you'll probably want to listen to both of those before you actually apply for your authority because you want to make sure you can get your insurance you want to make sure you can buy a truck before, or, or at least have a reasonable assurance that you're going to be able to complete those two things before you apply for your authority and go through that expense. Right. You don't have to have the truck picked out yet, but no. but you need to have a rough idea of what what you're getting into. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of people probably already have the truck. Maybe they've been a leased owner operator prior, so they they mm-hmm. already own their truck, which is great. So that's not a hurdle. A lot of guys are going to have to go through. But, you know, purchasing insurance, they want to make sure you're going to be able to purchase insurance. So you're, you're going to want to at least have that conversation with an insurance agent. You're, the, you know, an insurance agent isn't going to give you a quote until you actually have applied for your motor carrier authority and have a DOT number and an MC number. 
they may give you an estimate, but you're not going to get a real legitimate quote until you've done this step. Yep. And what you just said reminded me, we need to go over acronyms because you said a DOT number, an MC <laughs> number, all this stuff. And so DOT, that one's pretty easy. A lot of people are going to be familiar with the Department of Transportation. Uh, but MC, what does that mean? So MC stands for motor carrier. Okay. And that's something we're going to be hearing a lot in this conversation you yep. had with Tyler. It is. And so motor carrier, your MC number gets issued when you apply for your motor carrier authority. So really briefly, anybody that's driving a commercial motor vehicle typically has to have a DOT number. So even if you're Walmart and you're hauling your own goods, you're, you're what's considered a private hauler. Even if, if they're crossing state lines, they're typically going to have to have a DOT number, but they're not going to have to have an MC number. The MC number kicks in when you're crossing state lines and you're, hi- you're for hire, so you're hauling other people's property. So that's really one of the big things we're going to talk about today is that MC number or what's typically commonly called your operating authority or your motor carrier authority. It's that uh, license essentially to be able to work for hire crossing state lines. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, now, another term that comes up I know is UCR. That stands for Unified Carrier Registration. And we talk a little bit about that uh, and, and kind of what it is, but it's it's Unified Carrier Registration. Okay, fantastic. IFTA. Okay, this one threw me off because I, you don't say IFTA. You say IFTA. IFTA, yeah. All right, so, so what is an IFTA? IFTA stands for International Fuel Tax Agreement. It's Basically, trucking companies pay fuel taxes differently than you and I do. We all pay fuel taxes if you pump fuel into any vehicle. Yep. Um, but trucking companies pay it different. They have to have a IFTA license, so International Fuel Tax Agreement. And the last one, IRP. So you and I, again, we register our car. We get a license plate. Pretty simple process. Trucking companies actually pay registration fees to every state that they run through. And so they they have to have what's called an IRP account or international registration plan. And it's just an agreement between the states of how those fees are all divvied up international registration plan. Perfect. All right. So I just wanted to make sure we went over a few of those terms. Cause like I said, as I was listening, some of the things started going over my head and I, I wanted to make sure that we got this out of the way up front. So hopefully everybody is now armed with roughly what those uh, terms are. Well, I think it's about time to hop into your call with Tyler, but is there anything else that we need to know before we jump in there? Yeah, it's probably a good idea to just kind of mention when Tyler and I had this conversation, we basically tried to replicate the first call that somebody makes to Motor Carrier HQ. So getting your Motor Carrier Authority is one of the main services that we provide. And so we talk, try to talk that through really that first phone call when a client calls in and says, hey, I want to get my Motor Carrier Authority. I want to start a trucking company. That's really what the, these, what these this, are all the questions they could expect to get. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll talk, we'll refer kind of to ourselves a little bit and, and talk about how this is what we do and, and a service we provide. And Very good. Well, let's jump in. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Today I've got with me Tyler and Tyler and I have actually been working together for um, coming up on eight years, eight right? Years, eight yeah. years, a long Hello. time. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a good trip. So when Tyler and I first got started, I was kind of the the expert in the trucking field. Tyler came with no trucking experience, and uh, I had 
kind of taught him everything I know over the years. Well, it maybe didn't take years, but you know, taught him a lot over the first little bit. Pardon my friend. He's a little slow here. (laughs) That's what he's trying to say, but he's being polite. No, (laughs) no, maybe the first couple of weeks we had some frustrating moments, but, uh, ever since then, Tyler has picked it up and, uh, he is now the master. I, I kind of sit back. I, I find myself calling him and asking him questions now instead of how it used to be vice versa. So Tyler knows his stuff really well. He's, he's certainly very good at uh, helping guys, uh, start and, uh, start trucking companies and getting their motor carrier authority. He, he knows all the ins and outs dealt with the government way more than anybody would ever want to in a lifetime. And, uh, he's great at it. It's a condition. It is a condition. And it's full disclosure, condition. I almost quit after two weeks. This stuff <laughs> makes your brain hurt. It does. <laughs> yeah. It takes a special person to be able to put up with it all. That's for sure. There's something wrong with us. Okay. Well, let's, uh, this is, uh, this is fun. Get to record this thing together. Yeah. No, I, I you know, I'm so excited for you. I know this has been a dream of yours for ever. I mean, gosh, since day one, you've talked about doing this and actually putting a truck on the road. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Chris is a professional push pen, pencil pusher, I say, <laughs> um, and, uh, seeing him behind the wheel of a truck is, uh, it just puts a grin on my face because, uh, he sure knows how to run a business. He's got the Midas touch when it comes to business, but I don't think you know the first thing about trucking. Uh, yeah, it, it was that way. I've, I've actually, um, I'm about three weeks on the road now and, and have learned a ton. It's been fun. It kind of reminds me, you know, back to my roots when, you know, when, when I was a kid and lived with my grandparents in the summertime and worked on the farm. And, uh, you know, so I, I have some of that in my background and, and, you know, trucking's a lot like that. It, it's good, honest work a hard day's work, a long day's work, but you feel really good once you've got it done. So your eyes have been open. You have a newfound respect. Absolutely. I've, I've always respect truck drivers and, and know their job has been difficult, but you know, actually living it now just elevates that level of appreciation even more for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm stoked for you. I, I'm excited that you're, you're living a dream so that you've had for a yeah, long time. It's fun. Well, good. Let's, let's kind of just ju- jump right into it. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the um, federal motor carrier side of things and um, how to apply for an authority, get a DOT number and all that kind of stuff. And Tyler and I have kind of been talking about, well, what's the best way to do that? And so we think the best way to do is kind of treat this interview between Tyler and I, just like we would when a, a person calls into our office for the very first time and says, Hey, I want to get my motor carrier authority. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to treat I'm going to be the the victim. I'm going to be the um, person on the receiving end. And we're just going to do it just like I've started my trucking company. And so um, I'll kind of let you take it away, Tyler. And hey, this is Chris calling in. I'm wanting to start a trucking company. Awesome. I tried to just simplify the government jargon and, and all of our, our coaches. Uh, when, when you have us on the line, uh, we are here... Um, it's an open door policy. This isn't just here's your numbers, have a good life, and then you've got to find out the hard way through the college of life. We want to make sure that uh, you know you have a, p- a single point of contact, uh, and they orchestrate what needs to happen. So y- you become family. And so uh, just when I start slinging some questions your way and starting your trucking company, there's a method to the madness. And I always like to use the a lot of guys when they they just want to drive. That's that's kind of the thing you hear a lot. They you know whether you're a company driver. Uh, if you've been 
uh, if, you're, if you just saw a TV show and you're starting from scratch and you're, you're as green as they come, or you've been doing it for 40 plus years. Why are you looking at me when you say as green as they come? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> because I am. <laughs> do you want to tell us your Walmart story about uh, going behind and almost getting stuck behind yeah, there? I almost got me stuck up behind a Walmart the other day. How almost. many inches were you away from the building? <laughs> uh, less than two. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, unless you're like Chris White knuckling it and making it up as you go along. Um, whether you're seasoned or brand new, you know, th- this stuff, it's about as clear as mud. And, and we like to help you navigate the muddy, murky water so your ship doesn't come adrift. And uh, w- one of the, the things that uh, I look at is a lot of guys will go into this where they just want to drive. And uh, it, it's it's the, what I call the shotgun approach, where they do the spray and pray method, where they're just shooting from the hip and they hope they want to hit the target where we want you to be more calculated in, in, in why you're doing certain things. And whether we agree with Uncle Sam or not, we want you to be calm in your decisions, clear understanding. And uh, you come from a military background, Chris, so it's like a, every dollar should be a soldier. It has to have an assignment and a purpose. So you'll always know what you're spending with us, what the hard cost is. So when I give you a dollar amount on something, uh, it, it, it covers everything that needs to be happening. And if I don't if I don't cover it, I know somebody that does, such as insurance and registration if you're out of state type thing. So just like to kind of get that out of the way. So that way, uh, when we're going through this conversation, if something doesn't make sense, let's hit the pause button to make sure that you and the audience can know exactly why we're having to do certain things. So just want, open door great. policy, yeah, moving like forward it. there. Um, now, first things off, what's going to be your home base state? Where are you basing your operations out of? Utah. Utah. Okay. Yeah. Now, with Utah, have you structured an LLC or a corporation? I, I actually have. You have, okay. I've got that all set up already. So, and w- backing up a level here, the reason I've got the questions, there's a method to the order of the questions. So I like to use the analogy of we're building your business home. And before you put the roof on, the sticks and the drywall up, we got to have good footers and a foundational piece to build your business upon. So uh, that's, there's a method to the, the order of I'm asking the questions in, if that makes sense to you. So uh, with the LLC, you've got it set up with the Secretary of State. Um, that means you have the fancy term, as they call it, the Articles of Incorporation. So that just means you've locked in the business name. I call that the birth certificate for the business. So it's kind of like hiring a, a, a plumber or an electrician. You want to make sure they're licensing and insurance. So instead of you being a fly-by-night shooting from the hip shotgun approach, you're a valid trucking company and people are going to want to book loads through you. And insurance companies say they don't, but they're, they're going to give you different rates as an LLC. So it's smart that you did that. Um, what did you shoot for for the name of your company? It's, uh, it's Holland Assets, like hauling assets. Hauling assets. Yeah, now, hauling a lot assets. of people, hauling assets, okay? Yeah. So hence the, the name of the podcast, too, there. Yeah. Now, I always ask my clients because there'll be a lot like, there'll, there'll be a lot of like K&B or L&C or a lot of initials that is used in the trucking. It usually is sons and daughters or a, a lot of meaning behind it. So I got to ask you, what, what's kinda, what, what made you pick Holland Assets? Well, we, years ago, we had a client that uh, had that name, Holland Assets. He's a guy based out of, out of Utah named Yanni, super, super nice guy. And, and when, he, when he picked that name and told us that name, I'm like, man, I really like that name. It's a cool, catchy name, and uh, it's just always kind of stuck with me. Well, about two or three years after we started working with him, unfortunately, he came down with, with brain cancer and passed away shortly after that. And so you know, kind of in his honor, it's super nice guy. I loved working with him. And uh, 
because I really liked the name. I liked what he did. Uh, that name became available a, a year or so ago, and I picked it up. Yeah, I, and Yanni, if I remember right, was from Hawaii. So cool. uh, yeah, I can't. I'm trying. He wasn't yeah. from around here. Yeah, no. but he just one of the most genuinely nice guys I've ever met. So now, when running a trucking company, is it always peaches and cream? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you're having one of those days, whatever name you pick on the side of the truck, I always tell my clients, even if you haven't set up an LLC, we can coach you through on what it'll take. Uh, and we try not to charge what a lawyer would and keep the cost down and give you realistic timelines. Most LLCs nationwide can take anywhere from five to 10 business days um, to get it set up. And, and most lawyers out there will draw it out for weeks at a time and you're getting this gold leaf binder and we just cut out and trim the fat. We want to make sure that you get what you need and get it set up and we give you what the state's timeline is so that that way you have that. How long did it take to set up in Utah? Um, Utah's quick. It, it's, I mean, sometimes you can get it same day. It just they, The only piece of it that's manual is they have to approve the name. So you submit the name and they've got, they must have people, you know, monitoring that. And uh, I just did it all online and um, if it's during the business day, they usually have that approved within a couple of hours, and you can typically have them within 24 hours. Yeah. Sure. And we usually coach our clients to have a, a second backup name choice just because, you know, you don't want to have the – it does have to go through an underwriting process with each secretary of state to get it approved, and it's not too close to another business name. And we don't want you to think, uh, you know, shooting, doing the shotgun approach, we don't want you to pick a name like Fluffy Bunny 99 Trucking and you uh, regret it the rest of your life. But – I, I appreciate you sharing me the backstory on that because that uh, if you're having a rough day, you, you can uh, remember you're you're doing it for Yanni, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and one of the, you know you mentioned that uh, a name that's you know not a crazy name and and you know one thing that I've kind of find even with Holland Assets sometimes you have to spell it out and explain it because people think sometimes I'm saying Holland like the country Holland or that last name. So you know the easier you can have a name you know, something that's not super complicated to spell, it, it makes it easier. It just kind of makes life easier a lot of times. Yeah, absolutely. So think of brand recognition because when you guys are out there doing and working your magic and providing a high level of service, you want people to remember the name because the idea is brokers and shippers are great, but the, you know, the, the, where the real money's made is getting those direct lanes and they call you back and they, they circumvent the middleman and, and that's where you can Really, creating your own dirt has its features and benefits there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, so the LLC is the very first foundational piece. Now, the pieces of the puzzle that you get with the LLC is you get the articles, which is I call the birth certificate for the business, locking in the name, like I said. And then you also got a federal EIN number. Where did you get that number from? Um, from the IRS. It's basically the social security number for the business. So this is where my Homer Simpson brain comes in effect, people here, is... I'm going to really sound like a lawyer here. I'm not. Um, when you set up an LLC, you're creating two virtual bubbles. I call it your personal bubble and your business bubble. And there's a buffer zone between that bubble. So in, in simple terms here, what you're doing is you're creating a valid business, but you're clean, creating a clean, hard line in the sand or a buffer zone. So heaven forbid, if somebody wanted to sue the pants off you, they can come after the business bubble and everything within that bubble, but not your personal bubble. So not the not the, the house, cars, Harley, the, the things you cherish. If you have a farm and you're starting a trucking division, you don't want to be able to come after all that land. So it's not a cure-all. It's not a fix-all. Uh, but you're starting yourself out on the right foot. So it's good you got the LLC. So that's step number one there. So do you have any questions on the LLC and, and why we're doing that? No, I think I get that. And that way people want to use a valid business there. Now tell me a little bit about your truck. Yeah, 80,000 pound with a reefer trailer. Reefer trailer. Okay, so that means you can do a mix of dry, general freight, reefer, 
and you're not doing any hazardous materials because that's a whole nother ball game and probably a whole nother podcast. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do <laughs> CDL endorsements and all that fun stuff. So uh, make sure if you're doing hazmat, you're going to be making good money on there because they make you jump through a lot more hoops and safety and compliance there. Um, now, are you going to have any employee drivers? Is this going to be how many, how many trucks and drivers? Just me. One okay. truck, one driver. You mean you don't want to babysit anybody? Uh, no, not today. You sure? Yeah. Come on, live I a little. I have you. I don't need oh, anybody else. ouch. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Um, uh, well played. Um, so, so one truck, one driver. And now there's a difference between... The question I have for you, do you know what the difference is between a DOT and an MC number? Why you need either one? Um, explain it to me. Okay, so here's another bad and Homer Simpson analogy here. Um, well, do an overhead view, a visual overhead view of a baseball diamond. If your vehicle's truck and trailer combination weight is over 10,001 pounds, your home base state of Utah, the government says you need a USDOT federally, and you can just work on the, in the confines of your home base state. You can't leave home plate. But as soon as you want to go to first, second, or third base, those represent other states, and you're for hire, then you need to have, uh, then you need to have the MC number. Now, this is where one of our coaches and, and us as experts can really help you understand because there's a lot of guys out there that don't know if they need a DOT or MC. If you're farming, there's reciprocities and exemptions. If you're hauling your own toys around, you can be an interstate carrier and be DOT only and you don't need an MC number. So that's where we can really, when we're, when we're talking with you, and since you're a general freight, you're going to be going over the road crossing state lines. You're not going to be able to do all your work just in the state of Utah, correct? Right. So I hope that baseball analogy makes sense to you as far as the DOT is home base state. You, you're landlocked. You can't leave. And if you're for hire and you want to go to other states, and that's where you can make a lot of good money and keep the wheels turning and earning there, that's when you need the MC number. So we'll do both for you there. Okay. And, uh, and as far as with that, uh, getting the DOT and MC number, we can generally have the numbers to you within the same business day. They're your numbers. They don't change. But it takes a minimum of 21 days. So it's a vetting and a protest period. And I get guys calling me all day long because there's websites out there that say, get your numbers today. And anybody can get you the numbers, but they don't tell you the nitty gritty of the what, why, and how and coach you through it. So it's a, it's, here's another terrible, I must be hungry for lunch here. <laughs> but if you were a piece of meat, you got to marinate in the government secret sauce for 21 days before they'll allow you to get thrown on the grill. And there is nothing you can pay, say, or do. But the silver lining is, is those three weeks are going to fly by, and you can probably attest to this a little bit since you've, you've gotten up and running here, is you, you've got to shop around for the commercial insurance. Now, there's different level. I'm, we don't do insurance, but we've got some great referrals that we can send your way. Um, but the insurance piece, the minimum required is a $750,000 policy. Most guys are running a million, and uh, if you get into hazmat, it's even higher. If you get into passenger authority, that's a whole nother ball game as well when you're hauling human lives. But long story short, one of the things we tell our clients, Chris, I don't want you to spend a dime in this business if you weren't aware of the insurance piece. And so we don't just say we only want you spending money when and where you need to. We truly want to make sure you know, we know what bed you're getting into with Uncle Sam. So the, the problem is in the, with the government and the insurance companies is they, they make you dive into the deep end first because most business-savvy people will know to find out what your overhead and expenditures are. But most insurance companies, uh, were you able to get an accurate quote when you didn't have your numbers? No. they you, to, to get Sometimes they'll give you like a ballpark, but they're just – the insurance agents really just kind of they're, – they're not putting information into a system. It, it's really not a, a quote that they can bind insurance off of. It's – you know, they're just kind of spitballing it. And it's not, 
you know, they're giving you a big range. It could be anywhere from ten thousand to thirty thousand dollars, right? Something like that. And that you know, that really does you very little, if any, good. So, what's the workaround there, in your opinion, since you've lived it? Um, you've got to have an MC number, right? You've got to you, to to really get an insurance quote. You've got to have the DOT number and MC number. And one of the things, and the, and this might change over time, but one of the things I always tell my clients, even though I don't do insurance, we have some great, awesome people in the insurance community that we've gotten to know over the years. And usually they tell us a good rule of thumb is about a 15 to 20% down payment. And on a 10 to 12,000 year policy, you're probably looking at a minimum of a 3,000. And there's a lot of variables with credit and history and driving record and whatnot there. And so we always let you know, you know, it's not just here's your DOT and MC number. And then you find out it's the light switch isn't going to get turned on unless you have the insurance. But we, we give you a good ballpark so you can put that as part of the equation in your business plan there. Uh, in doing that. So you're crossing state lines, DOT and MC. Now, one of the filings that you have to do when you get a DOT and MC, like I said, we can have them to you in the same business day, but there's a filing called a BOC3 filing. You ever heard that term before? I haven't. Okay. It stands for blanket of coverage. The blanket of coverage is a legal registered agent in each state. In simple terms, the government won't turn the light switch on your authority unless they have a legal way to serve your paperwork in each state. So I hope you can see the method to my madness here. The reason I did the first foundational piece in the conversation with the LLC is because if someone wants to come and sue the pants off you, the government has a mandatory filing that you have to do uh, so someone can get a hold of you in another state if they want to sue you. So you, you definitely don't want to be naked out there and doing this uh, you know, under your given name is what they call a sole proprietor. You want to be an LLC there. So any questions on the DOT and MC number? Oh, I think that all makes sense. Okay. So now we're going to get into the the... the kind of what I call the DOT and MC standards of your safety and compliance. This is the overall can of worms that you're opening up with here. And so the the first thing that we cover, uh, the next step after we get the DOT and MC number, and your main homework assignment is getting the insurance on file within that first 21 days. But the government does give you 60 to 90 days to get the required insurance on file. So don't feel like it's a ticking time bomb. Um, It's called the unified carrier registration. In In the trucking world, you'll hear it just called the UCR. The UCR is a mandatory filing when you cross state lines. Um, if you don't have it, I don't like to do doom and gloom, but you'll know in a hurry. Uh, it's the first thing they check at a port of entry, scale, way station, or even just a simple roadside inspection. Inspection. But if you don't have the UCR, it's an immediate out of service. And then they'll say, hey, come over to this stall. And then you get a level one inspection. And uh, that's where they're checking to see if your hoses are rubbing and if your brakes are a millimeter out of alignment and you just had a long day. And then they don't let you leave until you get the UCR and file. And then when you do leave, it's with a $300 ticket. So any profit margins you had on that first load kind of go out the door because you were doing the shotgun approach. So again, we make sure that you're not going down the road feeling like you're doing a mission impossible. (laughs) So um, any questions on the UCR? That one's pretty straightforward there. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, The next piece of the puzzle in your safety and compliance would be your drug and alcohol. Now, even though you're a one-man band or whether you're a 10-man band as far as employees that you're going to have, um, anybody that's over 26,001 pounds uh, has to be enrolled into a random pool. And uh, actually, it might be a good time, and, and tell me if you don't want to here, but I think this might be a good time to explain the different weight thresholds, the sure. 10,000. So yeah. this is something we always coach our clients on. The, the reason we know how to help you is there's, there's three magic threshold numbers with, with the trucking world and with the FMCSA, with the government. The first one is 10,001 pounds. If your combined truck and trailer weight is over 10,001 pounds, you need the DOT and MC number uh, that, with that we talked about there. 
The second magic number is 26,001 pounds. So what you had to, you, when did you get your license? How long ago? Do you remember? Um, it's been three, three months about three, three months. months. Yeah. So you needed that due to the fact that you were over 26,001 pounds. You needed that endorsement on your, on your license, right? Yep. Well, in the safety and compliance world here, when you get your own DOT and MC number, you're now responsible for your own dirt, your own safety and compliance. So those of you out there that are thinking or have been thinking, you've been a company driver for years, you could have taken a test yesterday for the company that you worked for, but when you get your own numbers, it doesn't translate over to your company. We think it should, but the government says they don't They don't. They don't recognize it. So you're, you're on the hook for the safety and compliance. So you've got to do a pee in the cup test. Sorry, I don't know how to professionally put that. But the fancy word the government says is it's called a consortium. And so you got to be a part of a random pool there. And then the next magic number up above that is 55,001 pounds. And that's where you get into a heavy highway vehicle use tax. So basically, you guys out there, you have to pay a $550 tax every year to the U.S. Treasury for chewing up the road. So we should have gold leaf lined roads, but we have <laughs> potholes. So tell me where the money's going. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but those, just, uh, I just kind of wanted to let the audience know that that's how I know what path to, t- that, that, to take our clients down is if you're, if you call me and you're a sprinter van and you're under 10,001 pounds, you technically don't need a DOT and MC number, but I don't have enough fingers and toes to count how many sprinter vans we've got set up because they have, they need the DOT and MC because the, the contracts require them to have it. They can't get the work without it. Um, and then when you're over 26,001 pounds, I know you need to be in drug and alcohol if you're under 26,001 pounds, we're going to turn your business away because that's where we don't have you pay for any unnecessary fluff. So that's where it pays to have an expert that helps you guide and helps you navigate the muddy, murky water. So see my bad dad analogies? Mm-hmm. They kind of start it's tying in. Sense, I hope Tyler. so. <laughs> yeah. um, and, 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 uh, and so anyhow, I, I, with the drug and alcohol, you're a one-man band. You're the owner, the driver, but you're over 26,001 pounds. So you got to do a pee in the cup test. And a lot of guys get confused because you're going to be doing two pee in the cup tests. One is for you. Have you done your DOT physical yet? I, I have. You yeah. have. When I so got, before they, I actually got the CDL, I had to have that done. You had to have that done. And that's because you're over that 10,001 pound. And that's not where they're testing for the fun drugs. They're testing for eyesight, cholesterol. It's called driver fitness is the technical term in the government world. And so... Um, they want to make sure you're not going to keel over. So even though I'm older than you, <laughs> we want to make sure you're fit to be behind the wheel. And then the tests that's called the consortium or a random pool, it's driver safety. That's your second P in the cup test. And that's where they're testing for the, the fun drugs, marijuana, cocaine, PCPs, opioids. They don't want you driving an 80,000 pound death machine high as a kite. And then your name gets put into a random hat. And then uh, that pool has to cert- pull a certain percentage. And the neat thing about our pool is we keep you in full compliance, but we try to make it as non-evasive as possible. So instead of get- having you to pay a-, a per testing fee and getting nickel and dime, because that's where these drug and alcohol companies make their money, uh, you-, you just pay a one-time flat fee and it's set it and forget it. And then we, we call you personally. Once you're part of our family, we-, we don't do automatic renewals. We always communicate with you like a good marriage. And uh, you'll know when it's time to renew there. So, so, so we've covered the LLC. That's step one. You got that in your EIN. DOT and MC number with the BOC3. And we got the clock ticking on the 21 days. Then we got the UCR, which is mandatory because you're leaving the state. As soon as your tire touches the front line, you got to have that. 
And now we're doing your safety on the drug and alcohol for one driver there. So any questions so far? Because I know it's the fire hose of information. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've got, I've got, I'm taking good notes. Taking good notes. Okay, good. Well, and the cool thing is, is we send a detailed email summary of everything, every conversation that's custom tailored. So you don't, because I'm, I'm terrible at taking notes. So <laughs> I'll, I'll lose the conversation there. So the next step is your if to quarter lease, your fuel tax reporting. Are you familiar with what that is? I, yeah, I, I, I've got a general idea what they are. Okay, so a, a, a lot of times people don't understand, even if you don't fill up in a state, that state says you're using the roads and they have a percentage per mile that you've got to pay a tax on. So I call it a good old-fashioned greed tax. Um, but uh, uh, whatever state you're in, when you go to plate your vehicle, you'll also set up your IFT account. Here in Utah, it's, it's roughly a whopping $4 to set it up. Most states, I think the most expensive state is California, which is... I think around 30 bucks to set it up. So setting up the account is not hard, but where the hard part comes is every three months, you've got to report your total miles and total gallons. So if it's not hard, it's just super time consuming. Don't just blindly give away fuel tax. Work smarter, not harder is our theme. And so um, the best way I can put it is uh, I'll, I'll use a race car analogy here. You, Chris, are the race car driver and you're hiring us as a specialized pit crew. So a race car driver they know how to change their own tires. Heck, most of them out there, I think, could rebuild their own motors, but they're not going to win the race if they try to wear every different hat. And so the idea of our service is you pull into pit row on an as-needed basis, such as the IFTA, uh, and you could totally wear that hat and do it yourself. You've got an accounting background, right? <laughs> you're a numbers guy. You're smart. Um, but do you think your time could be spent better somewhere else? Yeah, typically. Yeah. yeah, and the idea, if you're playing the true trucker role here, is if the wheels aren't turning, you're not earning, right? Yeah. So that's where your focus needs to be if you're the one doing the driving, not doing all the red tape. And so our if to service is it's on a quarterly basis, and uh, we make sure you stay in full compliance because some states have bonds that you have to do or penalties if you don't file it, if you don't do two quarters in a row. This stuff can get really ugly in a hurry with state and federal agencies, so it's just staying on top of it. And then we give you a detailed coach's playbook on how to maintain your IFTA records for the next six years at your home office. Because if the audits are real, the, the states want their money, and they're going to make sure you're not, you're not fluffing your numbers out there. So, uh, that, that, so you have to set up your IFTA, but we do the quarterlies for you. So any questions on the IFTA? No, so, so all I have to do is provide you every quarter the total number of miles I've driven in each state mm -hmm. and the total number of gallons of fuel I've purchased in each state. Yes. Most DLDs have an IFTA button and you click a report button and it are, you can send it directly to our team. And then do you have a fuel card yet? Or are you I using do, a, yeah. some, fuel some card. guys use a fuel card. Some guys have a debit, you know, if you want to use your, your card that gives you the best reward points or whatnot, is that'll have your report with all your gallons on it. And so literally, usually it's just a couple clicks at the end of the quarter, and then we d we get the fun part. <laughs> this is where we're not wired right in the head. That's easy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's the if the quarter leads. Um, next is the is probably one of the most important pieces of the puzzle is your new intern audit program. Have you gotten the automated generated letter from the FMCSA yet? I have. What did yeah. it say? It said the column immediately. And it was like an 877 phone so, number? Yeah, something like that. Yep. I can't remember. And, and what were they doing in that phone call? Were, you were probably on hold longer than you were on the phone with an actual um, agent. The, the first time that I called, it was like a 35-minute wait. Yeah. And how long did the conversation take? Five minutes. And what were they, what did they, can you give us a snippet of what they said? Yeah, it was just basically verifying the information and saying that I was going to get contacted by, 
either them or the state partners to do an audit in the first year. Dun, dun, dun. That's the big one. Yeah. So you guys, when you get your own authority, create your own dirt, you will be audited. So I'm being very, you will be audited. It is, uh, it is something that will be coming your way. And it's having all your home office ducks in a row. So we have a nine-folder system. It's, a, it's, it's something you can't screw up. All the directions are printed on the face of each folder. And um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're probably about an hour of your life gone and filling in the blanks. But kind of an example, you've got to have um, equipment lists. Even though you're a one-man band, whether you're a one-man or a 10-man band, you've got to have an equipment list, driver list, copy of the UCR. So all these slang words I'm throwing out here are going to start making sense to you because you, you've got to do these things on an annual basis. Uh, they want to see in folder number two that you have proof of insurance. So your insurance agent, what did they provide you? There's a term for it. MCS90. Yes. And what is that? Uh, or MS90. Yeah, MCS90. Like MCS you had it right. See, I told you I'm it, the master now. It just now. basically covers what kind of insurance you've got. Right? Yeah, the commercial policy. that yeah. You paid for that piece of paper big time, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, that was an <laughs> That's an expensive piece of paper. But if you don't have that in your new intern audit, they fail you in that piece, and that goes against your CSA scores. You'll hear a lot of people talk about bad CSA scores or corrective action plans. So one of the folders, so they want to see uh, 30 days worth of logbooks, so you got to have record of duty. And a trend across the nation right now is that you actually, sometimes those audits can take four hours to four days if as long as they want to take to do the audit. Um, with our nine-folder system, you're usually done within about 45 minutes to an hour because they see they're wasting their time. But the trend right now is they're doing automated uh, upload. They give you 10 days. They send an automated letter out, and you just have to upload your, your forms and files uh, to a state website, and then they have somebody remotely looking to make sure you've got all your ducks in a row and you'll never see a DOT officer. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing there. Um, so, um, and if, and I got a fun story about an old client there. Uh, you remember Clyde? I remember Clyde. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Clyde is, uh, I think he's pushing almost 80 now. I do. I, th- I was uh, going to say almost 90. 90. Yeah. He just stopped trucking. What was it last year? About a year or two about ago. About a year or two yeah. ago. He looks like Santa Claus. We love Clyde. Uh, but one, one of the funniest things he told me is he said, I said, well, just shoot me in over an email or whatnot. And he, he kind <clears> of <throat> just calmly says, Tyler. If it doesn't take diesel, I don't use it. <laughs> so, so whether you're computer savvy or if you're not and you can't stand them, uh, the society we're into, if, the, if you need help doing the upload, our team will do the upload, and then it gets a second set of expert eyes on it. We won't upload anything that's going to be detrimental to you, so, and we don't fine or penalize. <laughs> um, and then one of the folders, you've got to have a, uh, it's called a DQ file. You'll hear that word a lot. It stands for Driver Qualification File. Even though you're a one-man band, you have to have a DOT-approved application on yourself. So you can interview yourself if you want. <laughs> um, if you have your wife interview you, I don't think you'd probably get hired. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm joking. Uh, but uh, whether we agree with Uncle Sam or not, this nine-folder system, it's, if you do about 45 minutes to an hour worth of elbow grease, it's going to save you a world of hurt and hit headache in, in the long run because we want you to pass that audit with flying colors. And... Um, do you want to tell them a little bit of the backstory on the audit? How? Because yeah. uh, I'd like to say we're the best thing since sliced bread, <laughs> but we kind of, we kind of were in the right place at the right time. Uh, yeah, it was a cool, cool situation. We had a client that uh, was getting audited. I, I, I think it was a new entrant audit, and uh, the client didn't you know, just had a home office and kids running around the house and didn't want uh, the auditor coming to his home. So he asked if he could come to our office, and so they they did the audit. The auditor showed up, came to our office. And uh, 
they, they uh, let us sit in and listen. So Tyler and I were both there and, and you explain what happened. So we could, uh, yeah, like you said, we, I mean, we couldn't take notes fast enough and uh, the guy was pretty much riding off into the sunset retiring and it, it's just become our proud little baby. We have clients, uh, just success stories that you can see on our online reviews. I think that's why we're almost a full five-star Google review is not because we're perfect, but uh, you know, uh, th- this nine-folder system, it just, it came from the horse's mouth and we put it in the direct order. And so when you're, it's kind of like that kid that always gets in trouble at the principal's office. <laughs> the, <laughs> the principal's going to throw their weight around and they're going to really kind of stick it to you to get your act together. And that kid that never gets in trouble, that's how we want you to come to the plate uh, where you've, you've played the game, smile and wave, and you never see them again. And that's the whole idea of that, of that piece of the puzzle is, is do your due diligence, play the game, stay under the radar, and you're going to make more money in the long run. Because we'll probably have a later episode of people that have had their authorities uh, and get in trouble and get in hot water. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, it's not as, not as fun of a conversation. No, but, the, but that's the reality of running it. And so uh, that's where we help you navigate the muddy, murky water. So the nine-folder system, you get an automated email or, or letter in the mail from the government that you're going to be audited. It's total pr- audit prep to get you ready for your audit so you don't get caught with your shorts down. It's the best way I can put it. Any questions on that? I, I don't think so. Okay. That makes sense. Now, there's four mafia states out there. We're almost done here, folks. Mm-hmm. There is, you've got, I'll just go east to west. You've got New York, Kentucky, New Mexico, and Oregon. These are states that just want to make a little extra money off of you truckers out there, and they require special permits. Now, a lot of guys will come in and call, and when I ask this question, um, that they say, give me every state. I, they've got, I love the goals and aspirations, but we, again, we want you to be calculated like a sniper. We don't want you to do the shotgun approach. So because we're going to keep that relationship with you and that one-on-one coaching and you have a mentor and an advocate in your corner now, um, you can always add these permits later. So I'm going to just ask you, only pick them if you're going in these states. Do you plan on taking your operations at, right out of the gates into the state of New York? Um, probably like every once in a while, but not that often. Okay. How far out do you think? I know you don't have a crystal ball, but how far out do you think you'll be? Oh, I think it'll be weeks before I ever go there. But, so, and, and I'll probably know. I mean, because we're in Utah, you know, chances are I'm going to know well in advance before I go there. So let's, to keep your costs down, let's just hold off on the New York. And it usually takes about three three to four days to set it up. So just don't, don't do the famous where we have truckers that'll say they're an hour from the port and they need their New York hut. <laughs> Uh, permit uh, we don't have a magic wand well you can you can also um the new york one you can get a trip permit you can too. and so unless you're you know typically unless you're going in there all the time yeah um, you just do a trip permit each time you go but in. sometimes trip permits can be a little expensive if you do go off and so that's where the annual yeah. can come into play there so that way you're not ha- and plus you never want to have to give an excuse to have a crusty dot officer spend more time around your truck than you need to so sometimes yeah. these annual permits can be better um the the next one is Kentucky. No, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll go through Kentucky. Kentucky, okay. Right. So we'll get. It's called the KYU number. The qualifying weight is sixty thousand pounds. So those of you that are doing the hot shots or box trucks that are out there, if you're under twenty six thousand combined truck and trailer GVRW, um, uh, you don't need the KYU. Uh, and that that's a lot of things that kind of probably a good touching point here where a lot. Is it, so is it twenty six or sixty? It's sixty thousand. Sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other permits are twenty six and okay. or more. So the the um, with the Kentucky permit though, um, 
it's a they call it a property tax permit just to get nerdy on you here uh your 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 rolling vehicle is considered property tax but one of the things i wanted to touch base on where guys are trying to figure out if they're a lot of people really try to stay under that 26,000 because they don't want to do IFTA. They don't want to do drug and alcohol. They want it as non-evasive as possible. But I had a client out of Florida that he was one pound over, 26,000 and two pounds and total weight. And he, I think it ended up being like $1,800 in fines. And yeah. he was shut down. He was under load. He, they wouldn't let him leave. And it got ugly in a hurry. And he was stressed to the max. So the best way you can figure out is your GVRW, if you're not a big rig, is look on the inside of the door of your truck and look at the GVRW. And then a lot of guys look at the empty weight, the loaded weight. It, it doesn't matter. It's based on, it's not on the per axle. You look on the tongue of the trailer on the manufacturer and boss stamp, and you see what the trailer's rated to haul. So for example, I know this doesn't apply to you, but this is where I like to coach you. If you've got a, like, a, let's say you had added a hot shot to your 80,000, because you can mix and match. You can have big trucks, little trucks, you can create your own dream here, right? Um, if you've got a guy that's wanting to work for you under your authority, he can lease on to you, and we can get real creative here. Um, it, but if he if he's going, well, I think I'm under twenty six thousand. Well, if he's a let's say he's a, a dually and he's ten thousand. Let's just keep the math simple because tell tell the folks here how well I am at math. <laughs> yeah, not that great. Yeah, that's not what you. Yeah, yeah, we're not good at that. <laughs> but if you're ten thousand GVRW on the inside of your truck. And then the trailer's rated to haul 22,000 pounds. Your 32,000 pounds setup, you need to be treated just like a big rig. And that's where a lot of folks mess up there. So that's the simplest way to pass that on to your listeners here as far as just making sure that if you're on the fence, whether you're over or under 26,001 pounds, you know, call in and we'll walk you through it if you don't remember it. But you just look at the GVRW on the inside of the door of the truck and what the trailer's rated to haul. And that's how the DOT officers know if you're overweight or underweight there. So... Uh, next one over is New Mexico. They call there's a weight distance permit. So do you plan on heading into the state of New Mexico? I do. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna do Kate, we're gonna hold off on New York, potentially do day passes, and we can help you with the day passes uh, until we know you get a dedicated lane up there. We're gonna do Kentucky, we're gonna do New Mexico, and then the last one is Oregon. Um, th- th- that'd probably be like New York. I mean, I'm sure it'll happen, but probably less often. Yep. You can do a day pass. If you do the annual, they require a $2,000 bond. Uh, the state of Oregon does. And then you've got to report cleanly in and out miles detailed for a year. Uh, and then they let you remove the bond. So unless you live in Oregon or you're going up there on a weekly basis, it's a heck of a lot cheaper to, to do day passes there. Okay. Um, all right, and then any questions on this? So we got New York, Kentucky, New Mexico, and Oregon, and you're just doing Kentucky and New Mexico with yep. day passes on the other two. Any questions on those? I don't think so. Okay, any questions on any of the dance steps that we've covered? I, I, I took good notes. I think I'm good for now. Okay, just to kind of recap here, uh, we're, step one, we're going to be doing your LLC, getting that set up with the EIN. Make sure you think of brand recognition. Don't just pick a, a fluffy name or something you regret or something that Chris said, like it's hard to spell. You want people to remember the service so you get them calling you back to do a dedicated run. Um, then we're going to set up your all your bookkeeping, all your accounting, how you're going to pay yourself, how you want to be taxed. And this is all in-house under one roof. So this isn't where you're getting farmed out here. So you have one single point of contact. We get to know you like family. Um, then, then we're going to get into your authority, all the numbers that go on the side of your truck. We're going to get your DOT and MC number. And then we get into all the standards, the UCR, the drug and alcohol, 
the if the fuel tax reporting, get you ready for your new intern audit, and then get you the specialty permits there. So now, now you guys are seasoned veterans in safety and compliance. I can do all the slang words such as hot shots, UCRs. Hopefully you have a better understanding of it. One of the things, do you want to share with the audience what happened when, when we hit the go button on your DOT and MC number about 30 seconds later? Um, I got a ton of phone calls. What kind um, of calls? Um, lots of solicitations. Uh, a few companies that try to make themselves look like they were the DOT or the FMCSA, but really weren't. Uh, you know, so, some legit companies and some snakes in the grass. I, I think after about a week, I had like over a hundred voicemails. Yeah, it, it it literally lights up like a Christmas tree. So when when we say you have an advocate in your corner and and, and moving forward, this isn't just here's your numbers and now you're on your own. If something comes in the mail, because they not only do it by by over the phone, they do text messages, they do emails, uh, they do snail mail, uh, where the old, old school mail, and they'll make it look like it's on government letterhead. And the government typically will not call you over the phone and ask for a name and credit card or act now or forever hold your peace. And you can just tell them now you have a safety and compliance company that's taking care of everything in house for you. And uh, we can you can even say here's Tyler Quick's number, take it up with him, and we field the calls <laughs> for you. So. And they Fair never enough. call us because they're just trying to get you to buy unnecessary fluff. So that is your custom tailored game plan in uh, getting all the red tape with your with your trucking company there. Any questions on any of the pieces of the I, puzzle? You've you've laid it out pretty well. I think I got it. Yep. And then so your main homework assignment is going to be getting insurance. Um, if you're not in a hurry, again, you have 60 to 90 days. If you want to be up and running as soon as possible, we always coach our clients to get their insurance down. Shop around, but do the down payment about a week before the 21st day on day 14. Um, and then uh, get your vehicle registered, get your IFTA set up, because uh, that's something that you've got to get taken care of so you can get on the road. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you. All right. Well, I would say that that's very illuminating. At least I hope it's illuminating if I can get that to stick. If I can get any of this info to stick, uh, there's a lot that you guys went over. You can uh, listen to the episode more than once. You know, it's the remarkable thing about <laughs> podcasts, isn't it? <laughs> All right, fine. Technologically savvy, man. You've pulled, you've pulled one over on me. If you're not a savant and you don't have a photographic memory, you feel free to listen to it more than once. Well, I, you know, like I said in episode one, I, I aspire to be like that guy who says if it doesn't run on diesel, I, I ain't buying it. That's that's who I want to be. All right, All right. So I don't want to be tech savvy. Okay, yes, you can listen to this more than once if you want to get that info again. But I wanted to ask you, Chris, is there any fr- anything from that conversation now that you've listened to it again? Anything that you uh, that you feel like you guys might have missed, or that you want to hit a little bit harder? Something you want to talk about? Yeah. So a, a few things. First and foremost, one of them just some of the common mistakes that happen when a person tries to apply for their authority on their own. You know, it, it's 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 definitely something that can be done on on your own, but a lot of the times we see people make mistakes that end up costing them more money. In fact, I was just talking to Tyler today about a guy that ended up spending $900 on the government site and didn't even get what he wanted. So <laughs> you don't want to do that, right? So what, what sort of cost should we be looking at here? You know, if, if you, if you look at just the, what the government charges is 300 bucks. Yeah. Um, so it should not cost three times. It, that. it should not cost three times that in most situations, because you're only what that guy did. And what is common is, is they don't really know what kind of authority they need. And there's more authorities than one that you can apply for. Like you, you common authority, 
You can apply for household goods authorities. You can apply for what's called a freight forwarder. And, and the government uses images on their application, on online application process. And some of those images are really confusing. And you, you, you look at one and you, it, you know, it looks like I want to be a freight forwarder based on this image, but you know, the freight forwarder is not the right thing for mm-hmm. that person. So you, you just have to be careful. And you know, it, that kind of, those kind of mistakes happen quite a bit, which just means that now we have to either try to get a refund, which is easier said than done, or we just have to apply for the right authority and pay the 300 bucks again. Right, right. Now, one thing from this conversation that uh, that I wanted to make sure I got more clarification on as I was listening was the waiting period. Uh, because the way that it was presented, I wasn't sure it, you guys were talking about timing things just right and applying for things during the waiting period when you've got a week left. Tell me more about this waiting period, what I can expect from it. So it's a, it's a 21 day government mandated waiting period to get your motor carrier authority, your DOT number. Well, and actually your MC number, both of those get issued immediately, but your, and your DOT number really, you can operate with that right away, but you can't leave the state. You can't do anything. You have to have your operating authority. That MC number has to go active before um, before the, the, you can legally operate and, and that's not going to happen before 21 days. And there's a couple things that also have to happen. A couple steps that have to take place before that, uh, authority will be granted. One, you have to post your insurance filings and you don't want to post your insurance filings on day two, because then all of a sudden you're paying for insurance for 21 days and you can't do anything and you're not using it. And yeah. that insurance isn't cheap. I mean, you're talking you know, 50 bucks a day, roughly. So you don't want to be paying that unless you're actually using it. The other thing that needs to happen is you got to file a a BOC three. And, uh, those are all things we, you know, we can help out with. You can do on your own. Just those two steps have to happen before the 21 day period ends. If you want to have your authority active right on that 21, 21st day. Um, the other thing to keep in mind that I like to tell clients is everybody wants to have this done tomorrow and they want to be active on that 21st day. But I would say nine out of 10 times it takes somebody longer and it's, they're going to blow through that. A more realistic expectation is it's probably going to take you 30 to 60 days. You know, I, in my experience of starting multiple businesses, it always takes longer and it always costs more than right. you initially estimate. Well, and these are, these are uh, a lot of times people who've been out on the road driving for some other company for a long time. And so they're used to being on the road and they want to get back out on the road. Right. So here's a question that, uh, that I had, as you were saying that is this is going through the process of starting this business, something that somebody could do while they're already gainfully employed somewhere else. And that's absolutely. And that's what we'd recommend because it's going to take longer. 60 days of missed revenue. If you're, you don't want to, you don't want to decide, Hey, I'm going to start my trucking company today and quit your job. Because it's going to take you some time to get everything, the pieces in place for that business to be up and running. So you can absolutely do all of that while you're still employed. And you probably don't want to quit your job until, you know, around the time that you post your insurance filings. Because even when you post your insurance filings, it's still going to be several days before the authority gets activated. And, uh, you know, you, you don't want to be sitting any longer than you have to. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, now, one other thing that you and I were joking about before we turned on the microphones is, um, and and I'll, I'll preface this with a little anecdote. When I purchased the house that we're at right now, 
I went and signed all the paperwork and we waited until we got the keys and we go to the house and suddenly we look in the mailbox and there's already a bunch of mail from all the brick and mortars around town, all the insurance companies, all everybody has already figured out that we purchased a house and they want to sell us everything that you sell to homeowners. And that was, I, I mean, we're talking a matter of days, right? And our information is already out there and our address and our names and all this stuff. And you were saying something similar happens during this waiting Except period. Except for it's just, worse. It blew my mind. Yeah. So, so what happens is the second you hit the submit button to apply for your MC number and your DOT number, your, your, your information becomes public. So the phone number that you put into the system, the, the address that you put into the system goes onto a public docket. And literally within 15 seconds, people are going to start calling you and soliciting you for whether it's insurance or there's going to be some snakes in the grass that make themselves sound like the DOT saying you, you're not in compliance with the safety regulations. So you're going to get a ton of those. I I started a, a brand new phone number specifically for this business and I've, and I recorded all the calls and the messages and everything I got, I'm up to 114. And most of those I received within the first week of applying for the authority. Amazing. Crazy. That's amazing. So you've got guys sitting in your office ready to start their own business and they get phone calls oh, yeah, right. in your yeah, office. Yeah, as we apply. Yeah, That's it's crazy. Amazing. It's it's the funniest thing. It's really not funny. It's a pain in the... What? Yeah, what? Yeah. Pain in the what, Chris? Beep. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try to keep it kid-friendly. <laughs> Yes, for all the kids, for all the kids applying for uh, their their MC numbers out there. Yeah, that's fantastic. So there, uh, there are a few things that you guys talked about that you kind of glanced over briefly. We're talking about the IFTA, the IRP, drug and alcohol stuff that you guys talked about, but we're going to get more in detail on, right? Yeah, we're going to have some episodes on each one of those subjects, the new entrant audit as well. Uh, you know, just a ton of things that are going to have either their own episode or be b- a big part of another episode. We'll cover those in more detail in the future. Fantastic. Well, those will be coming up. We've got a lot more episodes coming your way. Those, I mean, I'm really looking forward to the episode in which we finally go through the process of purchasing a truck. That's going to be highly interesting to me. So I'm really looking forward to that one. And you're saying somebody who's listening should be listening to those in conjunction with this episode. This is this is, I, I kind of feel like this is the the hub of the wheel and there's a lot of spokes yeah. coming out of it, yep. right? So yeah, this, this is a vital one. For sure. Okay. Well, very good. Got a lot of things coming up. I hope you guys are getting some value out of this and keep your ears peeled for those future episodes. Uh, make sure you listen to those as well. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure you go to hollandassetsllc.com to get the show notes, uh, all the details on this stuff that we went over in this episode. As we've said a hundred times already, it feels like this is a vital one. And so this is going to be a good one for you to hit the show notes on. Let us know if you uh, if you have any questions, obviously. Uh, hit us up there at hollandassetsllc.com and we'll do our best to answer questions there. Okay, sounds great. Okay, all right. Chris, I'll see you next time. See you next time.